Hello, you wonderful, beautiful people. This episode of Out on Her Fanny, besides being obscenely late, and I do apologize for that, that's on me, um, there's a little bit of a sound issue in that for some reason, and I'm not sure how it happened, I sound like I am off mic for the duration. I don't know if it was mic positioning, I don't know if I had it on the wrong setting, but I've done my best to try to fix that. It's not perfect, so the audio quality on this one is not up to our usual standards, for which I do apologize. But I wanted to let you know, it's not unlistenable, it is listenable, it's just the volume, I don't want to say the volume might fluctuate, but definitely there is a kind of an oscillation to it that is a little unusual. I understand that that's going to be off-putting, and also this episode, the subject matter of this episode, might be off-putting anyway, uh, so you, uh, we wouldn't object if you decided to skip this one entirely, but it is listenable, we wanted to be able to put it out, so we're doing that. Thank you for being patient with us. And here is the latest episode of Out on Her Fanny, unless you are listening to this in our archives, in which case this is an old episode of Out on There's no way to keep these evergreen. There's no way to make these, these evergreen. Anyway, here we are. Let's go. Welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. My brain is old. You got an old brain. An old brain. How old's your brain? Well, let's provide some colorful backstory. No, no context. How old your brain? We're giving context. You stole, you grave robbed a brain and put it in in its old brain. So many years ago, in the year of our Lord's 2000 and possibly six. Nintendo released a game for the Nintendo DS called Brain Training, How Old Is Your Brain? It was released in the United States, apparently. Was it Was it really yeah. Brain Training, How Old Is Your Brain? Yeah, something to that effect. And the American version was just called Brain Age, How Old Your Noggin? Or something to that effect. I don't think that that, I don't think that we had that subtitle. Yeah. Well, flash forward to uh, the year of our law 2019, and Japan and Europe gets a new Brain Age game for the Switch that is basically just all best bits of all the previous ones. Um, and America doesn't get it. No. Brain training doesn't get released in America. We prefer to uh, stay in our ignorance. Yeah. But maybe Americans simply do not know what a brain is. Or it, maybe there's... I know there was litigation over one of those like Big Brain Academy or one of those other such games. I feel, as someone who grew up in America, your bit uh, about the changing a word makes sense. But you got the wrong word. Because you have to remember the, the word that they changed was training. And as an American, I don't understand training. What I do understand is doing it once and I better be perfect at it or else I must never do it again. Yeah. I mean, that is that being American or is that being a gifted kid? Uh, yeah, I think that's having an anxiety disorder. It does sound a lot like having an anxiety disorder. Um, but brain training didn't get released uh, on the Switch in the United States, but Switch games do not have region encoding. So we ordered copies. I ordered a copy for myself because I have memory issues and I hoped it would help me with my memory. And you ordered a copy when you discovered that my copy had Sudoku puzzles in it. Oh yeah, I've never played a, a Brain Age game before, so I didn't know what was on it. And then you were playing Sudoku, and then I remembered that I fucking love Sudoku. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, throughout the month of February, I barely touched it, just scheduling-wise. I haven't had time. We did Gallifrey 1 last weekend. Uh, I've been prepping to record Jump Leads. Weekend just gone. We recorded the last two episodes of Jump Leads. Been a busy, busy month, February. February's been very, very busy. We did wedding planning stuff. Just, it just haven't had the time. So today, finally, I sat down and I did my brain age. Now, previously, when I've done my brain age, I can already tell our listeners are falling asleep. But historically, when I've done my brain age, I've been about 36, 37. I'm kind of roughly where I am as an actual human being, which is not too bad. The highest you can have is 80. The lowest is 20. You want a lower score. It is like golf. Did my brain age this morning. I'm 56. I thought you said you were 55. I'm 55. No, you added another year because you forgot what age I you can't were. remember. It's 55 or 56. Mm. It's one of them numbers. You know them numbers? I could handle you being a sexy 55-year-old. 56, that's just too large of an it's age gap much. for us, Benjamin. Well, well, I'm sorry. That's just, that's... Uh, that actually has a lot to do with uh, the episode that we watched today of some mental age gaps, which should probably come. Uh, this should be the start of perhaps a warning. Oh, there are some physical age gaps. Um, yeah. How uh, do we want to preface this? Uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, both sexual harassment jokes. All of the blatant sexual harassment is done toward adults. But there's also a lot of references to um, some statutory uh, issues Mm -hmm. of people who are minors interacting with people who are not minors. And within the main cast, that is treated as something that is not okay. Um, But there are some additional characters that it comes... It's it's a little tricky. It's a bit of a sticky situation. Um, it's something that we are definitely going to be talking about. If uh, age gap in relationships and kind of statutory things are something that is triggering for you, I would maybe not recommend this episode. Yeah, we will not take it personally if you decide to skip this episode of The Nanny or our dumb little podcast. Uh, but so there is some stuff. And it's treated for Heedly Hards. It's treated as, as kind of a, you know, showbiz jokery. And we will definitely be discussing it uh, in our discussion of the episode. So if you need to bounce, um, there are a lot of other good podcasts. There's a lot of good shows. You can- hey, um, Adventures on Ethersea is weekly at the moment. That's that's a good time. And there's also this little uh, Doctor Who actual play podcast called The Game of Rassilon. If you haven't caught up on that one, there's three whole seasons. About to be a fourth, starting in a couple of months. June 1st, we just announced that. Plug, 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 plug. Everybody is grown-ups there. Yeah, everyone's grown-ups there. Um, actually, I'm just going to read a message from our sponsor. Uh, our sponsor this week is the Game of Rassilon, a Doctor Who actual play podcast. They're uh, not. They've never given us any. I mean, they've given Ben money. Because <laughs> you're you're part of it, but they, I've gotten none of this. They paid for the things we use for the service. I've never gotten money from it. Yeah, true. Yeah, I got free trips to San Diego Hukon and put up in a hotel. Oh, I also got a free trip to San Diego Hukon. Yeah. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess Game of yeah. Rassilon has earned a yeah. sponsorship. Yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, uh, this episode being gross. So what episode is it, Benjamin? It is season two, episode 11, When You Pish Upon a Star. Uh, what, uh, what, uh, season and episode number would this be on the HBO Max, on Habo Max? It's actually not too far off on Habo Max. So if you are watching along on HBO Max, it is going to be season two, episode 10. There you go, it's quite close. 
Right, shall we talk about it? Yeah. All right, here we go. Music. So Cece and Maxwell are, uh, they're putting on a new play. It's Oliver. They're doing Oliver. You know, with an exclamation mark and everything. And it's going to run for three years. This has been established in the episode. It's going to run for three years. So naturally, this is going to be all he talks about for the next three seasons. Yeah. Do you know what Oliver is about? Yeah, it's a musical version of the Charles Dickens novel, Oliver Twist. Okay, I, I I thought so, but then I was like, maybe I only know stories about one British child. There's you know, only one British child story that any of us know. We're only allowed to have the one. This one British child, his name is Oliver, he gets handed around to different families in the country. He is at present 104 years old. I thought that's just what you called children. When, when When you're a little English child, you're Oliver, and then when your balls drop, then you get your name. Then you're given your, yeah, I was Oliver until I was about 14, 15 years old. <laughs> and then I was Benjamin. Hello, I'm Oliver Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, please, sir, can I have some more? I don't get any more, I'm Benjamin. Oh, but I'm sure inside you wanted some more. Well, yeah, because I had more. You wanted s'mores. I had more room because my balls had dropped and they were no longer sitting inside of me or however balls work. Has there ever been a commercial for, and they'd have to advertise like something s'mores, but it would be Oliver Twist and he would be like, please, sir, I want some more. I'm like, no, you want s'mores. And then he goes, mm, mm, mm. Well, s'mores aren't a thing in the UK. Well, so. this is a joke for Americans. This is a joke for America, yeah. This would be, this would be a commercial for Americans. I'm not saying it would be a good commercial. Come on, but ah, not this one again. But it does feel like a commercial that would be made. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Pizza, I can have some more. Don't you mean s'mores with us? Selection of chocolates and, and marshmallow. It, and then it's even better because he's a little English boy. He doesn't know that we call him s'mores. But then he gets introduced and he's like, yeah! I don't think that that commercial would air in the United States because I don't think American candy makers want people comparing their chocolate to gruel. No, because the whole thing is that like he's at first he's asking for gruel and like, no, you want something totally awesome. And then he puts on uh, sunglasses and his cap <laughs> goes backward and then he flips on a skateboard. Yeah. And then he gets given the chocolate and then he says, actually, I think I would prefer the gruel. Thank you. You did just get some more of that gray flavorless stuff. Doesn't have any nutritional value, but it does meet the bare minimum requirements for the Victorian food standards. W slash R slash T food for kids but it's not it's not chocolate yeah and i'm actually thankful for that because this american chocolate's just not it's just it's not happening it's not happening i'm all over twist peace out and then he kick flips and skateboards back towards the gruel Aww. yeah maybe if hershey's didn't taste like shit he would want more chocolate but no this country it's hershey's or gruel and kids choose gruel <laughs> kids do not choose gruel choosy kids choose gruel Benjamin, that's yeah. so mean. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so they... No, we're not getting away from this. You've had a Hershey bar. Yeah. With your mouth. Yeah. On purpose. It's fine. It's bad. It's fine. It's... If I were a parent, Hershey would be handed out as punishment. You've been a bad child. Here is a piece of Hershey, and you have to eat it all the way. You have to swallow. I got given Hershey kisses as a reward for when I pooped on the potty. <laughs> That's not a that's not a connection I would I would make. 
So that's what I always think about when I get Hershey's Kisses. I'm like, this would be a poop reward when I was a child. (laughs) I'm never buying you Hershey Kisses again. I buy them for you periodically as a nice No, but I love them. And that's also, you have very negative poop times. I have very good poop times. And I think that's because I associate it with, and then I'm going to get a little kiss after. I associate it with, I'm never going to be clean. (laughs) Never going to be clean. Maybe if you got a little Hershey Kiss after. (laughs) But only if you did it on the potty, not in your pants. You don't get it if you went in your pants. You never, like, you never like walked up to your parents and were like, "Hey, I get a Hershey kiss now, right? Why are you? Hang on, whoa, hang on. Why are you bringing this up? Oh, I, I did a poop. Oh, in the potty? No, I did not. But it did get done. So uh, you're gonna hand over a foil wrapped chocolatey treat. I will be on my way. And then it's a, it's a very sustainable system because then I turn those kisses into poop. Why don't just flush them down the toilet? Cut out the middleman. Cut but, out the middleman, Mandy. But I'm the middleman. I'm the, the middleman, D. You don't. You put the chocolate in your mouth, and it comes out more or less the same. We have described four seconds of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk some more about Hershey. Now, what is your favorite no. of the Hershey? There's milk chocolate. There's the dark chocolate. There's the milk chocolate with almond. I don't hate the dark chocolate. It's not great. I'm actually, I, I quite enjoy dark chocolate. I don't like Hershey's dark chocolate. It's a very nothing chocolate to me. Yeah, it's fine. Although, it's too waxy. Eric Roberts, who was at Gallifrey One last weekend, asked me for dark chocolate. He recognized me because I, I moderated a Q&A between him and Daphne Ashbrook. They'd both been in the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie, which is, of course, a prequel to the Lifetime movie, Stalked by My Doctor. But... He remembered me, and he asked me to bring him dark chocolate. Now, I do not know if this is an in-joke to something we discussed back in 2016, because this would have been about a year after my breakdown. And my memory of that time, it's not perfect. It's, it's not crystalline. But he could have, he might have just been rambling, because he, uh, he was very high. Oh, he was absolutely baked off his gourd for the majority of the weekend. It was great. Which was great, because then on Sunday I cosplayed as him uh, from the Lifetime movies Stock About My Doctor. And so in order to uh, really embody him that weekend, I was also very high. <laughs> and you got a good photo out of it as well. Yeah. Anyway, The Nanny is a sitcom. The Nanny is a sitcom. Fran Dresch is in it. And in that sitcom, Cece and Maxwell are putting on a production of Oliver. Yeah, the audience knows that bit, Mandy. Come on, pick up the pace a little. And Cece has a brilliant idea for casting. And it's this little boy who is in sitcoms. And then so they then spend a lot of time just talking about sitcoms. Yeah. The sitcom, This I forget the name of this child actor. It's Jack Waller. Jack, Jack Wa- or I think it's Jack Walker. Jack Walker, because they Walker. make a joke later because he, he forgets his name and thinks that like first she says Jack Daniels and then she says Jimmy Walker or Johnny Walker. So Johnny Walker is this kid. He's on this sitcom. Well, Jimmy Walker. What the fuck did I say again? Because it's Jack Walker. Because it's Jack Daniels and Johnny Walker. Those are the two things that Cece mixes up. So together, it's Jack Walker. So Jack Walker is the star of the hit sitcom. 
Royal, Royal Flush. Flush, which is a in universe is the nanny. Basically, yeah, it's just the nanny. They spend a lot of time talking about the premise of the nanny. Maxwell is not into this idea at all because he is so above sitcoms. And Cece's like, but we get lots of money. It's like good for very lowbrow people. They ask Niles, and he says that he doesn't watch sitcoms unless they have a butler in it, and specifically a butler that is smarter than everyone else in the cast. He doesn't mention the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I'm curious, what year did the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air start? Oh, God, that's a great question. Oh, no, it was a thing then, because it started in 1990. Uh, so Niles is just racist because it was absolutely uh, airing simultaneously. Or could it have been on a rival network and they didn't want to mention a show on a rival network? Because what network did this air on? CBS? Yes, but they okay. mentioned Full House. And they actually make a, a reference about like Full House being like head-to-head with the fictional show. Interesting. They also said the Royal Flush beats Full House. They did like a fun, wacky, what I assume is a poker joke. Because it's not Jenga, and it's definitely not Uno, I checked. See, Maxwell, if we've got Jack, we've got a success. I will bet my reputation on it. Oh, sorry, there's a $5 minimum. (laughs) So they agreed. Matt Fran basically talks them into doing it. Yeah. Because he says this kid's got that star power. He's a good. He's he's a he's a, he's a he's a good kid. He's talented. Yeah, she's talking about the the show is great. You definitely want to have him, and it proves Cece's point of it will get lowbrow people into it. Yeah. Um, and then even after the commercial break, they continue that with everyone sits around and is watching an episode, and they do just one scene of it and into someone who is a Fran knockoff talking to someone who is a Niles knockoff. Don't start with me, Clive. <laughs> it's de- it's just the nanny. Yeah. But apparently this kid is like a big deal, which is very much not the case with the nanny. Like, I don't think anybody gave a shit about the kids on the nanny at the time the nanny was off. Yeah, right? like I I don't know anyone who was like Brighton who would be the equivalent in that fictionalized uh, universe. It was like, oh, Brighton's got a big name. He's got to be on all the teen beats. Is there any teen beats with Brighton on them? I, I don't think there were any fan cams of Brighton at the time. There were no AMVs of different <laughs> clips of Brighton set to uh, uh, Wake Me Up by Evanescence or whatever. <laughs> But today, we can make this happen. We're counting on you. You can do it, listeners. First person to send us a fan cam or an AMV of Brighton set to... I want to say, the find the least appropriate song that is not sexual in nature. Let's not sexualize this. He was a kid. But if you want to make one, hey, you know our email address, show at boofcast.com. <laughs> if you want to make a sexy one, you can do it of him as an adult currently working as... He does something for Universal he Studios. Works for the Pops, I think. Yeah, he does something for the theme park so you could do that version of a thing of a it's fan just him cam. at a desk signing off on super nintendo <laughs> world i guess i don't know what that would look like anyway they're waiting for him to show up there's a knock at the door or a ring on the doorbell they turn off the tv because fran says the last thing he's gonna want is to hear his own voice and hear his own catchphrases parroted back at him and then as soon as johnny walker whatever his name is steps jack in, walker jack walker as soon as he walks into the house, the first thing Fran says is the catchphrase they've established for him, which is like, Hey, yo, whoa! Which is... <laughs> it's just a bunch of things. It goes to show why they didn't give any of the actual cast the catchphrase, because they're, they're very bad good. at it. The closest they ever got is, uh, Oh, Mr. Sheffield, or Don't Start With Me, Niles, which they lampshade 
in this show. Mm-hmm. But like the kids don't have any catchphrases because their catchphrases would be something like, oh, hey, whoa, or they would be bad, worse. It's crazy going, I have trauma. Look at the camera. I have trauma. Papa, when will we talk about my trauma? <laughs> at the end of season two. We've already established this. They have one episode at the end of each season to talk about trauma. We've done season one. They watched that Mother's Day tape. I cried. You did cry. Season two. They're going to find another tape. It's another mother. How many (laughs) mothers are there? We don't know. But there are six seasons. They have to collect all of the mothers to stop Ganon from opening a portal to the dark world. Okay. (laughs) That's how the show goes. It gets more serialized after season three, after Quark tries to establish a deal with the Dominion to trade magic berries. I have no idea at all what Benjamin is referencing, but Midway I know that you're season refer- five, there's the Dominion War. There's changelings on Earth. They've taken positions of power. Anything can happen at this point. End of season six, Jadzia dies. But when do it they- It is heartbreaking. When do they go to the Fire Nation? Uh, that would have been season seven, but it got cancelled. But did they get their movie? Uh, no, they did not get a movie. Oh. I mean, Fran Drescher's got Beautician and the Beast, if that counts. <laughs> Fran has been set to, she has to be the one watching uh, this kid. I mean, she's kind of designated herself for the role. Yeah. Cece's the one who points out, like, maybe we want to have someone better, and Ma- to which Maxwell's like, better than my own children? Like, was, yeah, like, you want, we want someone, you know what, I'll just roll the clip. Ma- Maxwell, Nanny Fine is not qualified to take care of him. He's a very important child. Unlike my own children. Whoopsie. Yeah, so that. Yeah. Uh, so Fran is introducing herself to Jack Walker, and uh, the kid comes, and he's in. He's in like a full suit. He looks like fucking Johnny Cage from the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> he's got big jacket. He's got his slicked hair. He's got his big shades. He's got a fucking flip cell phone. He gives Niles a hundo like every time they have an interaction. And then, you know what he does? Because you can tell this is a precocious little 12-year-old. He does sexually harass Fran. He sexually harasses Fran, is like like pinching at her butt. She says, "Is I can't believe I'm really here. Is this real? Pinch me. He pinches her butt. Yeah, he pinches her butt a lot this yeah. episode. And it's one of those, I don't even know like what the proper reaction to it is. Because this is also a child and there's yeah. not... The real issue, there's like no parental figures around to be like, hey, don't do this. How did no one teach this child? Don't do that to people. I mean, I was actually about to ask, why, where are the parents? And this is answered later because he's suing them. He wouldn't, this child star wouldn't be flying in by himself, surely. He'd have handlers. He'd have, especially, I mean, now definitely he would have handlers. He'd have a parent around maybe, but he's just flown in by himself. Boy, his arms tired. Um, and he's just... He does make uh, his own, like, just bitching about the flight and how bloated he is. He makes a joke, and I could not tell how, what direction this joke was supposed to be in, because he's like, I'm so bloated, I look nine. And it's like, well, are you older or young? Is that a joke about looking older or a joke about looking young? It's a joke about looking young because he's 12. Yeah, and I think he's bloated so his skin is smoothed off. I think that's... I think that's yeah, I felt like goof. it Because it can go either way. Yeah. Of oh he looks uh he looks young because it's all he's all puffy but also he's like puffy and old and bloated so I honestly could not decipher yeah 
Fram does treat his sexual harassment with the same level that you treat someone who is really into Warhammer, who wants to tell you the the law of Warhammer. She's a lot of there's a lot of oh brother, like eye rolling. She's he's pinching her butt, he's slapping her ass, he's talking about her tits, and she's like, oh boy, like get a load of this this guy. Like it's never treated with weight. Yeah. So that's um, he not great. Th- he then meets uh, the other kids. Mm-hmm. He gets along somewhat with Brighton. Uh, Which makes gr- sense, because he's basically playing Brighton. I mean, he's playing yeah. the actor playing Brighton, but not really, uh, we hope, dot, 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 question mark. Yeah, I feel like he has some, like, Brighton says, Hey, I really dug that episode where you lost your virginity. <laughs> yeah, like I had to act. And then it's a, ha-ha, this 12-year-old has lost his virginity already. It's... For the fix, the kid on the show has lost the virginity, and also the actor has lost his virginity, and he does also imply that it might have been with the Olsen twins. Yeah, because Gracie asked about the Olsen twins, and he's like, yes, biblically. Oh my word, yeah. Uh, so Niles takes the kid's bags upstairs, he gets given a hundo for his troubles. Like, a lot of it feels very vague, like, it's just things with the kid. Brighton's getting along well. Yeah, Brighton's getting along with the, well with the kid. Um, we do have kind of, it's the next day or they're coming home from school and Fran is complaining about the kid because he is a brat and also a sexual harasser. Yeah. Maxwell and Niles are just like, no, you just got to deal with it. Niles especially because Niles is getting a hundred dollars, like every interaction. Yeah, Fran literally goes to him and says, this kid must be stopped. And Niles says, I'm getting paid. You bought me a comb. This kid's giving me a hunt crisp. Freshly minted hundred dollar bill every time we have a minor interaction. I'm going where the money is. Yeah. And uh Maxwell is once again shoving his hot nanny over to please an actor, and this time it's creepier because it is a it's goddamn a child. Yeah. Brighton also talks about I guess he spent the day at school with the kid or went out somewhere with the kid because it'd He was be... with at the very least he was with friends. Yeah, because it'd be weird if they were like at school together. Yeah. But saying like, oh, it was so popular. Everyone wanted to talk to us. Like riding the coattails of a famous person is great. And Fran is like, you have no reason to do that. You are independent. You are your own wealthy. You have money. You don't need a, a famous person. You are. You have. You are of note, Brighton. This is what socialites are, yeah. Brighton. You don't even need to go on a show. You. You are an socialite. You'll be fine. You are going to bump into Paris Hilton at some event, and you'll be fine. One, one hopes. One hopes. And uh, so Brighton asks Fran, "Hey, I, I want to go out on this dinner date with a kid and two of these girls." And then Fran goes out to the front room to see the kid with the two girls, and they're eighteen-year-olds wearing not much. Yeah, they're wearing like bustiers, yeah. and, like very tight things. I'm like. Oh, they're they're meant to be playing adults. They are uh, barely on the cusp of adults. What so makes it awkward on both ends because they're like v- uh, very provocatively mm. dressed, and we're supposed to read them as like a like a bit hoochie. They're eighteen. Yeah, we don't need to be police like them. So like the fact that we're supposed to see them as sexual is awkward. Yeah. Um, but also they're 18 seducing a 12 year old. Yeah. There's which a lot. is extra a lot. bad. So it's from all angles. There's no angle from which this episode is doing things. One might consider. I just to be want acceptable. to put a blanket over all of it <laughs> and have like it. Like it's go a bird away. and it's nighttime. Like this episode can go to sleep 
We'll wake up the nanny in the morning and it will be a different episode. And like, it's great that this aired in the 90s and was not airing in like the mid 2010s of Tumblr peak. Oh my God. Because I don't want this discourse. I do not want it. I don't want to be talking about it now, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, it's It's real bad. It's really, can we blow through the episode? Can we get this done as quickly as possible? Uh, uh, Fran kind of shoes uh, the two women away mm-hmm. and is then kind of yelling at Jack of like, what? why are you doing this? Why are you being a shitty child with a sexual, like sexually harassing everyone? And also we can't yell at you for doing the statutory. That is on the fault of the legal adults who should know better yeah. not to do that with a child. Um, but she's also pointing out like, uh, you just have a bunch of adults who are following you around for money. That is bad. You don't have any real friends. You should be a real kid. You should be out riding your bike, having fun, having a good time, having a good time, being a superstar flowing through the sky like a tiger, defying the laws of gravity. That might be Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, but the point stands. These are all good points. <laughs> These are all th- things that Fran says. Not in word by word, but certainly in spirit. And uh, he dismisses the idea. This is also when he talks about that he is suing his parents. Yeah, he mentioned it's brought up in passing. He may be in the middle of litigation with his parents. You're (laughs) suing your own parents? How can you do that? They're ripping me off. No, I mean, how can you do that? Because my folks, eh, they don't have any money. (laughs) Uh, Fran then goes over to Maxwell and is like, I can't deal with this child. I don't even want to know what the discourse of all of the statutory things happening are. Um, She looks dead into the camera and says, Tumblr, if you find this in the future, I swear to God, if you start threads about this, I know it's bad. I know it's bad. I traveled back from the future to warn myself, and now I know what Tumblr is, and I'm burdened with the, the knowledge that Tumblr will exist in the future. Tumblr's going to exist. We've all been burdened with Tumblr. <laughs> but uh, Cece and Chester Mayfield are talking about how all the investors, the money's just blowing in. They're going to open in eight weeks, and this kid's name on the marquee is a gold mine. Everyone's investing in their play. People are going to be buying tickets. It's going to be a huge, huge deal. And they're doing it for the next three years. Three years. So that's the next three seasons. This is the only show he's going to talk about, presumably. And then uh, who should walk in? But uh, little... Jawbreaker. Jo- jawbreaker. Joker. Jo- the Joker. The Joker walks in. Joker walks in. And he says, uh, actually, I, um, I'm not going to be doing the play. Uh, I'm quitting show business. Act break. Now, during the act break, we watched some great commercials. We didn't because we're watching this on DVD. Let's imagine a commercial. I already did that at the start of this episode. Let's imagine a better commercial. No, it was the best commercial. Well, we did the Oliver Twist commercial. Let's imagine another commercial. uh, Scene one. The camera is angled down on a small British boy. He has uh, uh, smears all over his face and he holds uh, a little... uh, The bowl is empty, but you can see there's little splatches of gruel. And he goes, please, sir, I want some more. But he does it in a British accent, which I cannot do. And then the camera turns and there's a... I can't. Do the accent. I literally cannot do it. Please, sir, can I have some more? (laughs) Just do that. I can't do it. Please. please. I can't can't do an accent because if I try to do an accent, all that happens is my southern accent comes out. That's literally all that... I I can't. My, My brain sputters. 
Anyway, the camera turns and then it's a wild campfire party and everyone's having a great time and like the colors are super bright. It's very 90s and they're going, uh, fuck that gruel, have some s'mores. Uh, Lil. Gruel's for fools. Lil, Lil Oliver Twist goes like, really? I can have s'mores? And then he rips off his clothing and then he is in like a totally awesome like 90s style. He got like a tie-dye shirt that's all the colors and it got a picture of a cool lizard on it. And then he does like skateboard tricks over to the campfire. And then he's like hanging out with everybody and doing dances eating his s'mores. We get a good close up of like the gooey s'moresiness and like get s'mores at your grocery store. I do. Hey, I do think it's important that the lizard on a shirt is also wearing skate gear, including the arm pads, and it's on a skateboard. Oh, and he's like busting through the British flag. The British flag's been <laughs> torn apart. I think when Oliver Twist busts through into the colorful part of the commercial, he should become animated, even though no one else is animated. <laughs> and they've spent a lot of money animating this. As, as happens to uh, all British people when they come yeah. to the US. Yeah, we become animated. Uh, I'm animated right now. Uh, it's not good animation. It's uh, uh, think um, the, like early Pixar stuff. Like oh, I thought you like pre Toy Story. I was gonna say you're like Gumby. No, Gumby's uh, no. I'm CG, definitely CG. I'm <laughs> Gumby. Like, I'm like reboot. Like imagine reboot or imagine the CG segments from the '90s Johnny Quest reboot. Like that's that's about the mark. That's about the level. Uh, so shall we go? <laughs> shall we leave this commercial break? I think we have to. Uh, I think how many laws have we broken? How many trademarks and copyrights have we breached? All of them. Well, if you break them all, then it goes back around and actually you're the most right. It's it's like double jacket jeopardy. You can't be sued for violating the same trademark twice. So you're fine. Cuz they actually then then they have to sue each other yeah. to decide who gets to sue you first and they're going to spend Decades Years on that. litigation. Decades. Yeah. They'll angel spin before they even get a chance. And by the time... By the and time the world will be done by then. And by the time they finally get around to suing you, you've moved on to the next grift. You're using someone else's trademarks. Oh, what's this? The monkey from the Copo, Cocoa Puffs commercial in the UK? Yeah, that's, that's where you've moved on to. You got a monkey? Well, Cocoa Pops, the chocolate oh. rice krispies as a monkey. We didn't, we didn't get... Co- Cocoa, Cocoa Puffs in the UK... We don't have the... Is it like a bird or a parrot or whatever yeah. it is? The, 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 the toucan? Uh, in the UK, it's just called Nesquik Cereal and the mascot is the rabbit. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Now you know. Uh, anyway, so we are back uh, in... Maxwell and CC are very furious. They're in the middle of... I think when we went into the ad break, it did look like they were going to kill and eat Fran. Yeah, and then they do. Uh, and... Uh, that's the end, and the rest of the series kind of uh, goes downhill from here. Yeah, in order to mask their crimes, they hire the woman who played the Fran alike on the sitcom. Don't start with me, Clive. And so uh, there's just a different Fran from like, and it's, this episode onwards. The rest of uh, the rest of the season is actually them convincing Sylvia that the replacement woman is actually Fran, and Sylvia's just going senile. They have to gaslight her to yeah. thinking that this is in fact her daughter. It's, it's really upsetting. It's actually. upsetting. But I'll tell you what, it's gripping stuff. It's yeah. very well written. Yeah, like, it's this like- shows pivot into like murder drama where they're like, this is it, we're going to get caught. Like, because there's still sitcom shit happening around them. And it's like, if one, if there's a cop, one wrong move. If Tim Rush shows up as a detective like he did on Fresh Prince, 
then we're fucked. I really love the change in perspective episode where we follow Sylvia and just where she has completely lost her grip on reality oh my God, it's, it's, because she just keeps seeing memories of her daughter, but it's a different woman from who everyone is telling her. And, and can she trust anything? And she's re- reliving the same memory and every time it's a different face. And then by the end of it, the face of her daughter has become this blur and she screams. And it's just, you, you're watching a person like break inwardly in real time it is beautiful it is disturbing it is just it is amazing television i don't think that episode i think really they shouldn't have shot that one in front of a live studio audience <laughs> yeah it was a real quiet studio audience yeah, you just be you just be you'd be watching sylvia like like screaming with madness and then occasionally from the audience you'd hear <coughs> are you okay seemed a little real can we leave <laughs> But what really happens is they don't kill her. Ha 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 ha. It was a fun goofy bit. Goofy bit. Maxwell demands that Fran has to go take the boy out on the town. She got to go to the best dinner, treat him to, the, to all the good stuff, Just and convince him that he should continue to be an actor for this play. Get him back on side. Oh, but Mr. Sheffield. No buts, Miss Fine. You are going to march yourself upstairs, put on something smashing, take him to the best restaurant in town, and order the most expensive thing on the menu. Well, all right. But I'm not taking the limo. Oh, yes, you are. (laughs) Slave driver. (laughs) But there is no way you're going to buy me a new dress. Get out! It's so good. It's funny. It is funny. It is once again creepy because it is a continued... It's basically like grooming a kid. Yeah. And it is a continued trend of, again, Maxwell kind of throwing Fran out to the wolves in order to appease his, like, actors who are, like, overly handsy and very gross. But then additionally, it's the weirdness of this is an actual goddamn child. So Fran takes the kid out to dinner to a, for the fancy restaurant. And we know it's fancy because there's a bunch of celebrities. There's, like, there's a Jack Nicholson there who doesn't look a lot like Jack Nicholson. He's definitely someone that you could tell if this were on a uh, much smaller CRT television that yeah. it would probably look like Jack Nicholson. Um, they do one as well. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, they do it with Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg and it, it is just... A black woman with dreads. With a hat. With a hat. Yeah. And then they do have actually Bob Barker. Yeah, they do have actual Bob Barker. Who, for our British audience, he hosted The Price is Right, which I know that there was a British version in the 90s. Oh, you only, you didn't have Price is Right? We had some American shows, but like, we don't have, like, Bob Barker's not a household name in the UK. Oh, Bob Barker's great. And of course, because he is the actual celebrity guest. He gets the applause. Yeah, he gets the applause. Jack Nicholson, nothing. Whoopi Goldberg, crickets. (laughs) Bob Barker. (laughs) And Fran treats him like he is Beyonce. He is the greatest celebrity that Fran has ever seen. She slides over to his table and they have like a little conversation. She does like trying to guess the price. Of his meal, they do a little they price, fun little right. price is right bit. Uh, she talks about being spayed, neutered. Do you know what's funny with the whoopee look alike? 
Whoopi Goldberg does appear on this show in like a season or two. Yeah. She's in the Hollywood Squares episode. They just couldn't get her then. We couldn't get her then. No, they got a, they got a, a lookalike who in the, is in the deep distance and is wearing kind of Whoopi Goldberg-y kind of clothes. But because it is 2022 and we are watching on a much larger television, she does not look all that far away. No. So Fran is sitting down with the kid and the kid's talking about what a relief it is, you know, to be a regular kid. And Fran's trying to be like, well, you can do both. You don't have to be, you can, you can just don't be, don't live the lifestyle. And the kid says, well. Fran, I've been schmoozing since I was two. My first words were, I want to renegotiate. (laughs) My first words were, can I take it back if I wore it? (laughs) It really does feel like this kid is basically pleading for his freedom. Like he wants to be released from the shackles of celebrity. Yeah. And uh, it's eventually even to the point of tears when he asked Fran if Maxwell was going to let him out of his contract. And Fran is like, "Uh, probably not, given that he's trying to do this right now. And the kid, like, gets really upset. And I will uh, give credit to the kid actor of, like, even you can see as he's getting into, he's not necessarily good at doing the actual, like, talking while crying sound. But he is good at his face gets red. As yeah. he's like, you can see, because they have him off to the side, it, they have him in a profile, and you can see his nose like start to get red as he's talking. And be like, oh, that's actually some good acting. The actual you crying is less yeah. good. He cries, he, he uh, uh, cries on Fran's shoulder. A paparazzo leaps up. He uh, suddenly stops crying and smiling to the camera. And uh, Fran says she'll talk to uh, Chester Merfield. And talk she does, off camera. We don't see the conversation. But the implicit uh, conclusion when we cut back to the Maxwell house is that she's had this conversation and he has agreed. He's letting uh, the boy out of his contract. He's gonna, The kid's going to go back home to Los Angeles and he's going to go and be a regular child again. And the kid, the kid is relieved to be going home and is excited about living the life again and living the regular life of a regular kid. He says goodbye to all the children one by one. Brighton is very upset because he's losing his cool cred. Gracie had barely inter-interactions with this guy, but... It's a great line, though. Yeah. So long, Grace. Sorry we didn't get to know each other better. That's okay. Fran and I went through all your luggage. (laughs) She got what she wanted. Yeah. There's a callback to a thing that he said to Maggie earlier. Well, it's what... um, Maggie said to him yeah. because um, he tried to flirt with Maggie and Maggie was like, you got to unscrew your head and be this other actor who I'm probably supposed to know the name. It's Jason something. Yeah. Some some 90s uh, heartthrob who yeah. would be on a team beat, a team beat boy. And yeah. so, and so at it's the a, end. A Will Wheaton. <laughs> uh, and so then at the end, he's like, oh, I call the team beat boy. And uh, he said he doesn't date. Women taller than him. This is just, which I imagine excludes Maggie. Yeah, because Maggie is tall. Maggie's tall. Yeah. He goes, he leaves. He doesn't give Niles a hundo. He just slaps his hand and just, then you watch Niles just stare at the empty hand. Yeah. And uh, then he's gone. And that is the end of the boy. He gets to go home to his regular life. Or does he? Yeah, because then they turn on the television and uh, the boy is on the news. Yeah, it turns out he had a contract dispute with the sitcom back in LA, and that he's renegotiated. He's renegotiated. He's renegotiated. Is how you say that word? His contract for like eighty three thousand dollars an episode. 
And then the uh, the woman uh, breaking this entertainment news says, providing he can get out of his Broadway contract. In this reporter's opinion, you'd have to be a pretty big Broadway boob to let that happen. And Maxwell chases, kills, and eats Fran the end. It was Hannibal the whole time. The whole time. We do get a credit sequence of Bob Barker in the house. Yeah, he's at the he's at the house he's just now there because they had him. So let's let's. So they're talking about spaying or neutering. Uh, Cece has Chester. Uh, Bob Barker mentions make sure you get him neutered. Chester runs out of the house. He'll come back. They never do. <laughs> End episode. I feel like chicken tonight. <laughs> Uh, nothing about this episode necessarily, like, warrants, uh, there's nothing particularly good about it that I think redeems the awkwardness that I feel during it. Um, it's not necessarily a bad episode, like, I compare it to Maggie the Mod, which similarly had a lot of shitty things in it, but also was just a bad episode. It's not like that. I feel like it's kind of a run-of-the-mill episode. Again, it's a- It has some good jokes. It has some good jokes. It is a similar, uh- storyline that we have seen repeatedly of again maxwell throwing fran at an actor in order to appease that actor it is just very weird because that actor is a child the child actor being kind of a douchebag asshole if you are one of the child actors on this show and there's a script about oh there's a child actor and they're a piece of shit how much are you internalizing that yeah, and it's such a weird thing because they definitely could have gone for, oh, this is a shitty child actor that isn't, and we're going to overly sexualize this 12-year-old boy. Yeah. And that is where the very weird portion of it is. Like, yeah. if they just did it like, oh, he was a bratty kid and he didn't want to do anything and Fran isn't able to tell him no because he is this big celebrity. I mean, that is similar to the episode with uh, the son of the critic. Yes, I was just thinking about that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a very similar thing. But again, this entire episode is still very similar. But like, there's a way to kind of do that, and it would be much less uncomfortable. Yeah, there's what they've tried to do here, and it's in fairness, it's not a it's not a bad comedy formula. It's let's have a young kid behave the way adults behave, and the type of adult this kid is being is piece of shit, piece of work, Hollywood actor, kind of a Brock Storm type. Yeah. And because that's the direction they've chosen to go, because they have gone for a Brock Storm kind of sexually flirty, active, look kind of a Lothario kind of character who's kind of a pain in the ass, you when you model that behavior onto a 12-year-old, it is creepy. It's just creepy. Yeah, it's real creepy. And it's something of like they have Gracie in the show, who is her entire personality is that trope of a child yeah. acting more like an adult. And I feel like they're able to do that very well. And it's yeah. The unfortunate reason why they're able to do that is Gracie is a girl, so her version of acting like an adult is being like overly precocious and anxious yeah. and kind of a worrier about things that she shouldn't be worrying yeah. about. Because this child is a boy, they're going to be, oh, he's going to be overly sexualized, and we're going to have a lot of instances of uh, sexual abuse, and it's supposed to be played for laughs. Because we don't treat young boys as if they can be victims of sexual abuse. Yeah, it's it's not something you would see now outside of a, you know, a 2010s comedy with like Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston in the lead. Like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, this is a shitty kid that you might be able to get, like a Will Ferrell movie, I feel like would, would have done this in the 2000s and the 2010s. I don't think you would do it now. 
I hope you wouldn't do it now. I hope we have more taste. Mm. Um, but it's rough. It's really, really it, hard to watch. And there's a lot of like, you can also call back. There's the episode where Fran's niece or like second cousin comes. And that was also supposed to be someone who was like, a bit more sexual, but yeah. the entire framing was that she kissed Brighton. That was yeah. as far as it went. Yeah. And yeah, there's some implications that like she knows stuff. She does things like, I don't want to pretend that like young adolescents don't have like a sexuality, but there's a way of playing with that. Of, like, oh, she was interacting with another adolescent and they were kind of just yeah. on that journey together. Whereas this is something of he is, only dealing with adults. Yeah, he he sexually assaults Fran twice within a span of three minutes. I d- I do not like this episode. I d- I didn't dig it. I did not dig this episode at yeah. all. This is eminently skippable. Yeah, it's there's nothing. Even the good jokes in it. Nothing is, is worth. Uh, kind of sitting no. with the discomfort of this episode. Yeah, because here's the thing. I think even the bit of like Niles getting the hundo every time is kind of funny up until the point where he is forgiving the kid's behavior because he's getting money. Like, it's rough. I don't like it. I, I would like to stop talking about it. Yeah, I'm and I'm just wishing overall, because that's something that goes less into the fact that he's a child and just like this well that the show keeps doing of thrusting Fran uh, upon these shitty men yeah. in order to appease Maxwell. Yeah. And typically those episodes go like, oh, and then Maxwell realizes he's jealous. What he doesn't realize is, hey, this is a shitty thing for me to be yeah. doing. Maybe I should stop that. Yeah. It's, it is something that the show has done now at least three times, two times in the last few episodes. And mm, I need that to stop. So what are we watching next week? Oh, hopefully something better. Should we find out? Yeah. So we are watching season two, episode 12. Take back your mink. Fran and her mother argue about a fur coat she inherited. This episode won a Peter Award. No, it didn't. I'm lying. I fucking hate Peter. We'll probably have, <laughs> we'll have some opinions about it's this gonna episode. Be, it's going to be a fun one for us to talk about. Yeah. We just close her up? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out on Her Fanny. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, do please let your friends and family know. Itty bitty independent podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth. You can find us on social media. We are Out on Her Fanny on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Speaking of Tumblr, we're still Fran Drescher Ahigal. Yeah. Have you done any updates? No. No. We should definitely <laughs> maybe fix that. Make us do some more posts. Just troll through the DVDs. Get some screen captures. Make that HBO subscription work for us. Mandy, where can people find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me at Mandy Quesadilla. I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm at Ben Padden on Twitter and Instagram. I am also on Facebook and Tumblr, but I don't do much on either. And that is it, I think. That is it. Yeah. Uh, oh, we also have the website, obviously, that oh, is yeah, OOHFcast.com. Yeah, OOFcast.com, not not the other one. We, we don't want to get uh, blacklisted. Um, anything else? Uh, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And yes, we, we do, do know, know it means, means vagina. vagina.
Grand Geek Gathering. <laughs>